who, by the way, in addition to being the creative brains behind one of the country's leading creative agencies, The Glitch, wear a whole lot of other hats. In the world of modern advertising, Varun, of course, is a force to be reckoned with. A few of you may actually know him here for his podcast, Advertising is Dead, where he zooms in on all the developments and happenings in the world of advertising. And of course, Pooja has been instrumental in the strategic planning and just streamlining the goals and approach of The Glitch. But she's also the founder of Seat at the Table. Love that name, by the way, Pooja. An unbiased investment and advisory initiative, which is her passion project. And she's obviously also a pressing need, very rightly, like they say on your website. So thank you both once again for so willingly doing this for us. Thank you for having us. Um, thank you for having us. This is so exciting. We're, we're really looking forward to this. Likewise, I think my, my excitement is definitely uh, showing. So with that, I am going to engage you in a very quick game of who is between the two of you, just so our members can get to know you a little bit better. So are you both ready? Yep. Mm -hmm. Okay, here goes. So who is uh, the stricter parent? Varun. Okay, <laughs> he does not know where to raise his hand. I'm like, yeah, I guess. it's me, yeah. yeah. Um, the agony aunt at work. Varun. <laughs> the one who has aced work-life integration. Me, for sure. <laughs> He's in agreement. And finally, the one who brings a method to the madness at the glitch. Pooja. <laughs> Well done, guys. That was, that was well very clear about this. Like you, you, your questions were like so you're so easy to choose which one it was. I'm glad. I thought I could put it, uh, you know, just give you options of being the stricter parent, etc. But no. I'm so glad those were great, honest answers. <laughs> and we are ready to begin. So, members, we had shared the question that most of you had asked while you registered for this session. But we're going to mix them up with the questions that you send in the chat box. So please, please ask away. This is an AMA. And we do have Pooja and Varun for an entire hour. So make the most of it. So should I fire away? Yep. Okay, so I'm just going to rewind and start. We are, of course, here to discuss advertising and brand building. But, you know, for, for two people who've literally been the OGs and done this for a while, I would love to just hear from you and, you know, make sense of all these terms. You've got advertising, you've got content marketing, and there's brand building and just so much chatter, right? And if you can just break down these very blurred lines and actually go back and explain to us, because, you know, Varun, your podcast is called Advertising is Dead. So we just love to hear it from the two of you. Like, what do these terms even mean? Or what do these larger verticals even mean today in 2021? I'm actually going to ask Pooja to start first. Yeah. Oh, cool. All right. So firstly, um, okay, I'm just going to let my dog out. Okay. He's barking. Give me one second. I'm really sorry, guys. One second. No problem. So this is going to happen a lot in this house. right? Every time the, the, so our eldest dog is Pooja's shadow. So he has to sit next to her. And whenever a bell rings, something happens, he has to run away. So yeah, it's yeah. a process. We have two dogs and one, one human child. So our home <laughs> is constantly noisy. But yes, coming back to your question. Now, you know, I say this very often. Uh, and I say this to a lot of my colleagues as well, that what we do is not rocket science. It is 
people communicating with, with each other. It's, it is just having a conversation. And if you take all of the jargon away and you take all of the, you know, the way we've sort of bucketed things, which are important things, by the way, strategic planning is important important creative is important media planning is important if you just take all of that away and just say if I want to speak to somebody who's in the other building how can I reach out to that person right it's really as simple as that and which is why it is we're not creating um, you know life-saving medicine or sending monkeys to the moon but we however have a very serious responsibility and that is have a voice and have a platform and have the ability to really channel um every content that we put out in society. So rather than looking at it as the jargons of content and, and brand strategy and marketing, et cetera, it is your ability to have a voice to put out a certain narrative in the marketplace. How do you sell a soap that doesn't, um, you know, that, that handles gender equality in a certain manner? How do you talk about love that is not where you don't stereotype couples how do you do things like that and that is why our jobs are exciting um and if you take all of that away this is what it is just being decent human beings and being able to have make an impact in society i hope that answered your question no absolutely it's actually a very interesting and different perspective on all of these jargons and i and i think most people even in the audience um would agree because like you rightly said there's just so much but if you just take all the layers out of it it's actually about like you said it's about humanizing things which i think in the era of digital most of us somewhere along the way have dropped the ball on yeah but um yeah so actually as a follow-up to that um we had a lot of members ask us in this scaling era of digital how has the brand building actually evolved you know, in, in retrospect of the traditional setup, which, you know, most of us, when we were growing up, advertising meant very different things. It meant hoardings and, you know, TV ads. So how has that in the era of digital, you know, evolved according to like the two of you? I'm sure the glitch itself has yeah. probably had like its own journey along the way. Yeah. Warren, do you want to take that? Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll kick that off. Uh, so Glitch's journeys in many ways, the journeys of journey of this change kind of happening. Um, we didn't, so I, I didn't have any background advertising, um, neither did uh, Rohit. So when we started off the glitch as well, uh, we came from, we, we, were, we were people out of music channels. We were, we were doing fun stuff in MTV and Channel V and we said, okay, can we take that and, and do something with brands in the digital space? So uh, from, and, and we set out to create content. We didn't set out to uh, interestingly do advertising. We became an agency by virtue of the conversations we had with our clients. Um, and, and that's really what's been happening with the entire brand space. That is that uh, brands always communicated in a certain way. They built, you know, their brands were built in a certain way. But over time, what's happened as digital's come in is that it's changed a few things. Right? It's, it's, it's leveled the playing field where, you know, not everybody... Uh, you know, in, in pre-digital had access to the ways to distribute consumers, communicate with them. You know, you need sizable budgets, you need to understand how supply chains work, all that stuff, right? So digital kind of took all of that away. Um, it also made building connections to different kinds of audiences a lot simpler because, you know, you could kind of talk to different sets of people with different kinds of creatives. You could do so much more. And, and a core part of that has been how do you kind of create content and communicate it with um, your consumers? And also like, how can you kind of look at your consumers not as, you know, these big bubbles, but rather as individuals, right? How do you connect to them uh, in terms of what their um, 
values are. So I, I, I always say this, that it's about giving value to your consumer in two ways. Are they connected to their value system or it's you giving them value in terms of value for money, et cetera. So um, that's really one of the core parts, according to me, that's really changed. Um, and so for us as well, as we grew in many ways, we don't say tradition uh, doesn't have a place in modern advertising and brand building. We actually say that we, we, we molded tradition in because the traditional aspects of brand building still stand. Um, I mean, you can't kind of take away from that. There is tremendous value in that. But what you've actually seen is if you blend that into what is truly new age and what is like digital and commerce and, um, and you know, and, and social and the entire creator economy, that's like a whole new animal, which is why the show is called advertising is dead, by the way, because I said it's no longer just how it used to be. It's a whole new animal, almost like a, um, without calling it a phoenix of advertising, it sounded a little too contrived. So we ended up with something slightly catchier, which was advertising is dead. Um, but that's really how I've seen it. And, and, and I know Pooja will have a perspective to kind of add on to that as well. Yeah, thanks. So, you know, just picking up from what he said, the fundamentals stay the same. Mm-hmm. Planning, you build it on, on certain pillars. And um, and just so that I can wrap up and not mumble and repeat what Varun has said, it's about being super authentic today and people can call you on, on your bullshit. Um, and that's really the, ma- the biggest change when it has come to the kind of comms we put out. Because if you, if you just use purpose for the sake of purpose, if you use a marketing moment for the sake of monetizing a marketing moment, Consumers see through that. Uh, you know, I had this interesting conversation with some very, very senior brand leaders a couple of years ago. We'd gone out and done a study on, on, the, on the ads that went viral. We hate that word in advertising, by the way, the ads that went viral. And these ads, the entire marketing and, uh, you know, the marketing community had patted each other on the back and they said, this is amazing. And we've done such great stuff. We've reached millions of people. And then we went out and did this study and we spoke to young people in colleges who were the main TG of these, of these ads. 89% of them came back and said that we don't believe this shit. 89% of them said, we don't believe this ad. 5% of them said that it's, it's good that they're doing this, but are they going to do it consistently? And it was a small fraction of people who actually said, yeah, you know, I appreciate that. And I, you know, and I believe what the brand is actually putting on the largest, you know, your audience can see through, uh, uh, you know, when, when you make, when you try and cosmetize, that's a word that we lo- use a lot. And I say that to a lot of CEOs that don't cosmetize. You have to uh, understand that the consumer is way smarter today and you are one comment away from total destruction. Yeah. So you've got to play it really, really well. So that's the biggest difference. No, I, I really like that term actually, because like you said, you're always just one comment away in, in the in by getting trolled or just like you said, being called out on your bullshit. Um, so obviously interesting, like you said, Pooja, the fundamentals remain the same, but it has evolved. Now, another question that we received from our members was, you know, Obviously, there's traditional advertising, then we have modern, which is like a hybrid, if I may say so. And then then we have the pandemic. And of course, there's a lot of startups, you know, big, small brands, companies. And you know, the question we were asked was, how has the pandemic changed the process of brand building, you know, for both big brands and small, apart from, you know, the super high focus on digital or social, like would, would love your insights um, on that, because I think it's taken a peculiar shape 
um, of its own in the last, I would say, year, year and a half? Yeah, it has. Um, and I know Varun will have a lot to add here, but just my my two cents on on the way things have changed from a brand building standpoint. Um, while everyone's super cautious about where they're spending their money, I think the conversation on ROI has never been louder mm. than it is today. Because I mean, if you're we brands have most brands have very little money to spend. Or if they have the money, they're being super cautious about it. So ROI is really the biggest thing. So that's from a business standpoint. But Varun, take it on and, and put your spin to it, please. Um, one of the interesting parts is, uh, you know, I had a bunch of conversations with platforms over the last year. Right? I think one of the core things is you look at platforms like Facebook, Instagram, you're looking at, you know, um, even like, like so Spotify, et cetera. Um, they've seen a change in just how much brands are really engaging on digital and I'm not even getting into the e-com side. Right? E-com side, it's been obviously been a massive surge there. Um, most of them are speaking about, I think now is an interesting time to look at that data when you're seeing that, you know, everybody expected that, okay, uh, we'll do a lot of digital spends to kind of push uh, in a certain direction. And then once you things start to move towards some form of normalizing, it'll kind of swing back, right? Even talked about that whole curve coming back. But yeah. most brands today have seen the value in what they've actually had to do. Uh, they had to do it out of out of need, not necessarily because something they wanted to do right then, which is that, okay, let's move a large part of it to the digital space. Um, you suddenly had the largest companies in the world competing with the smallest ones out of apartments, right? Uh, and, and, and they were all selling in the same way um, all of them were worried about the budgets they would kind of use uh, and so on and so forth. So uh, what it's actually done is in many ways, they're all using the same tools. And interestingly, as much as experience has been the core part about building brands, now everybody's experience has pretty much been the same over the last couple of years. Right? We've all experienced that this is the way consumers are buying things. Um, where you're talking about just what is it that people do want to buy online? What do they want to continue to go to a physical store for? Uh, what do you, you want to experience? Are people willing to subscribe? Uh, one of my favorite examples is I, I spoke to the CMO of Epigamia, I think sometime around Feb, uh, and he told me about something which I thought was like, I mean, because I was a culprit number one, because I was one of those people. Um, they were coming out with a coconut yogurt um, yeah, sometime yeah. in May, June. They did a pre-order. The same way you pre-order an iPhone, you pre-order that. 2,000 people prepaid for yogurt. I was one of those 2,000 people who prepaid for that yogurt, right? But I can't imagine a time when we would actually do something like that. Um, you know, you had, you talk, I was, um, some of the guys at Facebook were, were talking about how, you know, AR is now so like you know we, we people are trying on clothes on on a minstra with with you know with, with ar lenses and some of those things which you thought are futuristic we're already doing it like it's the only way we can actually uh, you know deal with brands and connect with them so everybody's on the same playing field i think over time which brand do i want to hold on to which one do i am i a loyalist in that sense that's really kind of being shaken up because now we're going after many new options we suddenly see this bouquet of brands around us so um it's kind of been, it's an interesting time to see which brands kind of stick it out and which ones kind of are they in the long term. The big guys will be around, but I, I feel in many ways that everyone's fighting for the same thing right now, which is interesting. Um, and uh, people who thought like 20 years to get to where your larger conglomerates would be are, are almost at level, if not going further. So that's really the big, big shift, how consumers are really have taken um, to just like connecting with brands in, in new age ways. Mm -hmm. And secondly, just like, how startups have innovated in, in, in smart ways, just kind of build market, right? And they, that's really been the core part. 
That's uh, you actually raised two points there, Varun. Which interestingly, we have questions for um, in the chat box. So Sonam has one on artificial intelligence. So Sonam, do you want to unmute yourself and ask Varun? Sure, sure, Vishwani. Thank you. Um, hi, Varun. Hi, Pooja. Um, hi. Quickly wanted to know there is a lot of buzz around artificial intelligence and the way it's going to impact advertising and branding. So, what is your take? Uh, one, how will it impact? And two, what kind of technologies should one look out for? Um, I'll pick a few examples of products which I've seen usage of a lot more. I feel that, you know, we always assumed AI would be this robot which would come and take away people's jobs, right? And I think that's the uh, un unfortunate, um, um, you know, uh, or rather fortunate visualization we've had. But some of the things people have kind of taken over, um, I'll pick a few products which are India made products, right? So, um, Pepper Content uh, is this uh, content marketplace. They have a, a product called uh, Pepper Type. Uh, it's an AI product they built a few months ago. Um, it's literally helping you create captions, right? So you're saying you, you're putting a social uh, asset out, you're putting out, um, uh, you know, a blog post out. You take the product, you put all the all the uh, hashtags around it or whatever the, your key uh, words around it. It's giving you copy by crawling the internet and coming up with the words that would make it almost like it works for SEO, works for everything else, right? So. And that is not how we visualized AI to be, but AI is almost saying, okay, if 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 you can make five people's job easier so that they have more time to do other things, um, so that you don't need to, interestingly, hire five more people, you can actually give the AI to make five people more productive so they can do more stuff. And the other five can focus on other parts of the pro process. So that's really where that's really come in. Um, the other places which I've kind of seen, at least examples has been, um, just how we look at data has really kind of evolved with AI. It's we we being able to kind of see through it and and kind of see through what insights we need to kind of tap into and and, and build on top of that. Um, and also how we create content. Um, I, I I look after the production side of the business at, at Glitch and, and and traditional production meant that you're talking about shoots and talking about everything else. Right? I've I've heard the terms automation and and AI and, and repurposing as terms for the most over the last one and a half years. And we're talking about, okay, can I create one piece and make it into 500 or um, which parts of the video can I kind of change around and almost take like an algorithm and, and with the algorithm, can the copies change? So those are things that are already happening. We're figuring out ways to kind of include that into the process. So um, I think the primary way it's coming in is saying, how can it make, take away the mundane repetitive tasks from us um, and kind of make us focus on creating the prime, um, I would say the creative and strategic pieces ourselves, and then kind of add in uh, and let the machine do the rest of it is where I, I mean, from a broad standpoint, that's, that's where I've kind of seen it coming. Um, Pooja, you want to add something to that? Yeah. So while Warren spoke about how it'll make basically the agency's lives easier, but from a consumer standpoint, um, you know, Lakme came up with the Lakme Makeup Pro, which was this makeup trial app some four years ago. Um, and it's finally like picking up steam on, I'm just talking about things like that, right? Trying makeup, trying clothes, looking at, you know, blending recipes and getting a, an annotation on how it's going to potentially taste. It's that kind of stuff that we're going to see. Things that are extremely obvious and why was it not done are things that you will see more and more um, you know, that AI will enable for brands because that's, you know, we've, the pandemic has made us all realize that we don't need to touch and feel anything anymore to buy, right? We're willing to just hear an opinion, hear a review, see someone 
put this together for us and we will click on the button to buy. And that has been a fundamental shift. While it was already happening over the last many years, we've seen a fundamental shift uh, in the pandemic. And I hope we answered your question. Yes, yes, you did. If you don't mind, I just have one small follow-up question and that's related to AI. Uh, do you think it is going to also impact the creative journey in terms of you know, suggestions on how the creative should be for your target audience and that direction? Yeah, that's already happening. Uh, I mean, that's what programmatic is about, right? That's, you know, you, you can't, you're listening to data of the kind of content you're putting out and it allows you to change uh, your creatives and put it out. It's definitely changing the way, you know, your last mile consumption or your last mile um, journey is with a consumer. Actually not, I stand corrected, it's not just the last mile, it's fr right from the very beginning. Even the, in, you know, even insights um, are being fed in, um, which is really fundamentally changing the way we're building I'm not, I'm not talking about long-term brand building. I'm talking about on-the-go creators, right? Social creators for, um, you know, be it for uh, completely a loss of words. What happens when you get a discount? What, what, what offers, offers, sorry about that. You know, the offer-led posts and, and you know, mar moment marketing uh, posts, those kind of creatives are primarily now being led, have completely changed the way, you know, the, and we, we build them in a completely different manner today. Yeah, I don't even think all that existed. I, I personally don't remember moment marketing and um, all of this being a thing even like two years ago, as yeah. big as it is now. Yeah, and the thing is that it's being, honestly, just to take that, for, I, I actually am not a big fan of it at all. And I tell that to a lot of our clients. The moment market, you know, we all assume that moment, and there, are, there have been examples where there is something trending and a brand picks it up and it does really, really well and it blows up. Of course, we have those examples. But so often, these are actually thought. Let me give you an example. I don't know if you guys, you know, we handle Netflix as a business. It's a, it's a, it's a big business. And a few, I think about two years ago, Radhika Apte was on every Netflix yes. creator, right? You yes. remember that? It was like everywhere. Where is Radhika Apte? <laughs> And we picked up that chatter, by the way. So, the, you know, the, we came up with this film called Radflix and, you know, Omnipresent with Radhika Apte. It was very, again, it was really popular. It did very, very well. But that didn't happen spur of the moment. Mm. And while everybody thought that and everyone applauded the agency and the brand and, and all of that, thinking that we did it spur of the moment, but it wasn't. We were listening to chatter and we, we came up with content backed on the chatter that we were listening to. So uh, moment marketing has to be, has to be very, very strategic. Only, mm. only then can you win consistently at it. No, absolutely. And I think we see at the top of my head, I guess we see Zomato do it um, yeah. a lot. Um, succeeding sometimes, you know, of course it's, it's, it's creative. So people have opinions, but um, yeah, like you're saying that it's actually damn strategic and it looks a lot simple to us who are sitting on our feet scrolling. But like you said, it's it's actually not. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think a lot of people in the chat box have seen the Where is Radhika uptake campaign. Yeah. Um, okay, so Pooja, I'm going to jump into um, a question from Zara, which has actually been one of our other most asked questions on the sea of sameness um, that we're all in at the moment. Zara, do you want to unmute yourself and ask? Your very relevant question. Yes. Hi. Hi, Pooja. Hi, Varun. 
So sorry, Hello. I don't have my video on. I'm I'm in Goa and I have terrible uh, bandwidth. So just keeping that off. Sorry, right. but yeah, I think you know, sort of some of the points you made are extremely relevant. And of course, in this day and age of literally every brand today becoming a publisher of sorts, uh, you know, whether at a small scale or at a much larger scale, there is so much content out there today from a consumer and a brand perspective. how do you feel you know sort of going forward how does a brand stand out uh, today and how you know owned channels have become so important uh, whether you're a small scale brand or whether you're a brand like amazon for example you need to be leveraging your owned channels in much smarter much more effective ways but with so much content out there how do you really sort of stand out how do you really differentiate yourself uh, i'd love to sort of understand your perspective on this Uh, I know Varun has a lot to say here, but I'm just gonna give. I'm just gonna add a couple of points. You know, Zara. By the way, this is what we talk about with all of our clients, right? That's what that makes that glitch pitch <laughs> of what will make you stand out. Now, the the basically consumers consume a shit ton of content. All right. we all just give up we have this delusion of grandeur thinking that consumers only look at one particular ad or follow one particular brand and only one particular brand has the option or the opportunity to stand out but that is not how the world works consume real consumers consume a lot of content and in a day they could like 50 brands on minimum right and that is the reality so we don't have to get hung up on the fact that are we going to stand out because if you have interesting content you will be discovered and you will stand out and you will have your day all right it is going to be that because that's how the internet works that's the magic of the internet now but the stepping back on um, you know how do you actually make content that makes you stand out and which is the more important question is really going back to why do you exist as a brand and you know at glitch and we do this for a lot of our clients we it's a very simple exercise right why what and how but the the fundamental of it is why do you exist how do you do what you do and and what do you actually do if you answer those questions authentically and let's just take again a zomato or a netflix for example netflix is why do they exist because they're fans of content that's why they exist by the way right what, what how do they you know describe that because they take content from all over the world and and produce content all over the world and and that's why their you know their their platform is what it is and what they actually do is that you know and now going to talk about from a social standpoint and why they would stand out is that if a game of thrones comes out on disney hotstar because Netflix, the why of netflix is we are fans of content they will fanboy fangirl game of thrones as well you know and that's how you stand out it is being very true to your why of existence and if brand, and all of the successful brands keep going back to that and the more authentic they are the more authentic and there's space for everybody so we don't have to we don't have to worry about it yeah but i think in the case of sorry just to sort of add there i think in the case of netflix it's 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 relatively and i say this loosely is yeah. relatively easier because you're making content out of the content that that exists yeah okay uh, let's i i understand that let's let's take a a, a different brand and let's take a beauty brand does that work sure yeah let's take a beauty brand like lakme now when when 
and I'm, I'm just going to pick up brands we handle and we can pick up another example if you like. But when we started handling Lakme about eight years ago, eight, nine years ago, it was a mummy's brand. I mean, they all said it, right? It was a mummy's brand. And how do you make a, a brand like Lakme stand up? By the way, the result today is that it's the most bought makeup brand on the internet today. All right. It is, that is the reality. That's what it is. We took fundamental steps. Number one, we were looking at the, the entire environment. We were seeing that there are all of these international brands that are coming. We're no longer relevant. So we had to own a space in the marketplace. We looked at and we went back to why do we exist? We exist because we want to make Indian women look beautiful and feel good about themselves, right? That's what it is. And they wanted to really push reinvention for Indian women. That's really what it was because we were going through that. We were in that very interesting phase of, of our lives, which we, you know, in, in the world where women were reinventing the reinventing themselves again and again, right? And they were pushing forward and they were doing newer things. We just picked, we just picked that. And we said that everything we now do going forward is going to be about that. So when it comes to, you know, the kind of skin tones we started using, the obvious stuff, right? I mean, we had to stop using Caucasian skin and look at all kinds of Indian skin tones. We had to, um, you know, include more than women, right? We had to include different genders as well. Now, when we started doing these things, we didn't go out and advertise it. By the way, there was no press release that went out. They're saying, we're now going to talk about all skin tones or we're going to talk about, you know, every gender. We also went out and said that we're going to, if anyone trolls us or trolls a model who's on that creative, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to call that person out because we are reinventing the way women should be spoken to, women should be spoken about. We just stuck to that. And, and we went from it being a mummy's brand into the most bought brand on the internet today. And we consistently did that over the last eight years when we came up with a lipstick, which was matte makeup. And every, all the women here or men who have worn matte lipstick would realize that matte is really heavy on the lips. And instead of just focusing, that was a great insight point for us, right? How do we talk about our purpose of reinvention and, and talk about lightweight matte lipstick? And we went from when to say, wait on your word, wait in your words and not on your lips. It's just, it's those kind of things that make consumer that you know keep hammer because that's advertising, right? You just hammer the same message again and again and again in different ways, going back to why you exist. I don't know if that answered your question, Zara, but that's really what has been working for us at Glitch. No, that's, that's very relevant. Thank you. All right. Thanks. I just want to add to that, actually. I have, a, I have an additional point which you kind of, which you also, it's a lens to look at, is that in many ways, you know, content and advertising were always in separate tracks. Um, Advertising was for you know was about ads and holdings everything else and content was this is stuck in this small uh, I would say bucket called branded content right you know every band would say okay what have you done in your branded content campaign send it for some awards and and it'd always be that one thing you you you're just doing but it would be very blatantly branded right you know uh, early years as well we did a lot of those as glitch and the, the question always was how many times are you showing the brand in the branded content like one second is it about the content or is it about the brand was always the question. Somewhere along the way, thanks to how consumers start to consume, I think social obviously has had a large part to do with it, right? Uh, we go to all social platforms, they're all actually content platforms, they're all media platforms, right? Um, every content creator today is running a media network, um, which basically every single channel which uh, or every platform they use, they're running their own media network. So uh, 
as that's happened brands have realized that okay at some point on one end people will start subscribing to platforms for content so advertising won't be present there um consumers are going to content creators to consume content and why will they come to my brand and somewhere in that intersections brands also realize that okay i need to start putting stuff out there um which is also good as content um but at no point should i lose the brand lens i think the and 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 what puja was saying as well that right? you can't lose the lens of you're not just making it to make content you're also making it because your brand needs you to make content but to just find that balance and say i'm making something that's engaging something which i would see on my social feeds and make me watch it um it would it, i i would want to watch it i might want to click on it i might want to shop through it um is a core part versus something that just interrupted you and went away uh like how we all had ads and and there's this um and while uh, people focus on television advertising generally have a, a bit of a reaction i say this is that whenever you see an ad on tv um you assume some people are watching it but if, whenever an ad comes on tv uh, if you are watching tv um people are looking at their phones right um and and it's just that and you know, and, and i think that's become a habit for a lot of us it's how consumers kind of are behaving so um brands have had to adapt in a way that people will connect a lot more what they're putting out there um so that content lens has become larger and larger and in some ways the good part is indian advertising has always had a strong content component because we tell great stories so that merged together better it's been a far different story in the west where um you know it, advertising was very blatantly different from what was storytelling storytelling only happened in the super bowl for instance right so we we actually been a uh, our journey has been far simpler in that sense no absolutely like you said in we're definitely all great storytellers um so of course very interesting points um raised there you know pooja on of course the purpose it really all boils down to the brand's purpose and again we received this question a lot is as a brand and i feel like a lot of newer brands or that you know who just who're just starting out this is something that people tend to maybe struggle with is actually building that brand positioning right because you've got to define like you said what you're offering them who you're talking to because you know like varun also said that the marketing tools today are so diverse you've got social and you've got like offline and online and digital and all of this stuff so if you are a brand how do you actually build a sustainable positioning and you know what are the aspects so to say of brand strategy which you know according to the two of you should be nimble and you know which ones are the ones that should be absolutely set in stone um, we'd love your insights on that how do you build brand strategies obviously a super long answer but um i'll give you an example just of glitch sure uh glitch is 11 years old by the way um and when we when varun and rohit started the company by the way we all at glitch feel like we're the the founders of the company because that's the culture of the company just fyi so so kudos to these guys but um when the two of them started the company it was you know they 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 wanted to create content that was not being created that was the the product that they wanted to put out right as more of us started coming into the system we started putting down and very loosely what were our values um and that's that's something that you know a lot of the young companies need to ask themselves what are your values why are you really doing what you're doing because at the end of the day we all have these jobs right i mean we all have i'm sure we all have interesting jobs and not interesting jobs and we're seeking interesting jobs but we all have jobs right we just need to ask ourselves 
why are we doing what we're doing? And our, the answer to that was advertising was a boys club, by the way, 11, 12 years ago, right? It, it in a way still is. And when a, Varun and Rohit hired a lot of women, and it, it can I come in there and say why we hired a lot of women? Yes, okay. Uh, guys are terrible multitaskers. Guys <laughs> are terrible with leadership. Let's admit it. Uh, we're great for singular focused tasks. We just do that, uh, and which is why I'll, I think the largest part of our leadership is women, and that's why we are successful. To be honest, we just stuck to doing the fun stuff that we were doing, and they they've done the heavy lifting through this. Varun just won everyone's vote in the room. (laughs) No, that's how he is, by the way. I mean, he's a favorite with all of the aunties and he won my mom over in in like one meeting. So anyways, and my mom's always had a comment on my boyfriends. That's it. But coming back to, uh, you know, the the why and, and, and doing what we're doing, right? So it was a boys club and, you know, they have, their reason to hire women was, you know, why he's jokingly saying, you know, they're multitaskers, et cetera. But we were all very aligned on the purpose that if we have an opportunity to do something, we're going to do it differently. And that was, that was really the fundamental reason we decided to scale the way we did. So even today, so, you know, when we sat back 11, 11 years ago and said that, how are we going to build our company? How are we going to build the policies of our company? Ah. Sorry, I think someone, yeah, sorry. What are the kind of, you know, how are we going to conduct our business? What's the kind of work we're going to do? What are the kind of clients we're going to go back, you know, work with? We went back to this one very simple articulation that we have. This is also, by the way, our elevator pitch. The glitch is, gender blind we're inclusive and we're progressive we're a high performance workspace all right we service the globe from two locations and which is bombay and delhi by the way we service the globe from there and our only objective is to help brands play a meaningful role in society okay that is our elevator pitch that is why we exist that statement has not changed in the last 11 years so we're gender blind. So let's break that statement up. And that's very simple. I, I do this brand building workshop for a lot of for, for a lot of companies. And I just simply ask them to write down why they exist. And that sort of built, you know, extends into how they will build their company. So when we say we're gender blind and inclusive, our HR policies were built like that. You know, we were hiring blind. We were, you know, when people were getting promotions, we were very, very sure that there were no biases. You know, when we were all growing up and having babies and and things like that, how is our maternity, paternity breaks looking? When we spoke about inclusivity, we had, you know, we didn't go after a quota to say that we have to have this percentage from this gender and this percentage from this. We just had to hire the right people for the job. And, you know, that's how the world works. If you just hire the right people, though it just sort of balances itself out, right? And that's exactly what happened. When we said we're progressive, we were very, very sure from day one that we will never create cosmetizing ads. So when a a client would come to us and say, hey, can you make an ad for us for this particular moment? There were times where, you know, we were not doing well and we needed to pay salaries and we still said, no, we're not going to do it, you know, when we were younger. And that's how you build your brand. And that's how it's the decisions you take on why you exist and how you're going to follow through to that statement that you have actually put down. And, you know, in the short term, very often you don't see it and it becomes a problem. And, um, you know, it sometimes comes in the way of, of, 
of decisions but in the long term 11 years later i look back with with the only agency i think if i'm not wrong uh that is 50-50 when it comes to men and women in our leadership team we have more than three genders we have uh people are very we, we've built a safe space we've made a ton of mistakes a ton a shit ton of mistakes right but we've learned from them and and when it comes when i look back at the work that we've done um i'm i i believe that we have staged true to you know to this to what we now call our elevator pitch but was a statement that we all actually wrote down together and said that this is the reason we exist now that's it's as simple as that right there is no jargon here there i have not told you any pillars i have not told you anything obviously the things like write down your purpose what is your vision what is your mission these are really simple these are statements that every but it comes down to very simple why do you exist and can you stay true to that that is your brand it's not something you put on a wall um yeah. <laughs> which, which is which is honestly the problem right is most times you end up having these things and you put them on a wall and the presentation given the opposite um and 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 what pooja talked about we never put it on a wall at some point we sat down um and tried to put it down saying what have you been doing all these years so what is now like leave policy when when someone becomes a parent uh was leave policy i would say in the first 2 3 years and someone had a breakup right like and we just our hope was how would we want to be treated the good part for us is we started the company when we were when we hadn't really understood what it meant to be leaders if that's the term because i mean we can do it and i we had like what we did for for like 2 and a half 3 years before we started it so we had zero idea right our first hire hired him self that is the company now is what happened um but i i feel like that's that's how it came from it so every person who joined in added their bit to the culture uh, and when we made mistakes uh we we always told people, you call us out on a mistake you've made and we've owned up to mistakes we've said okay we, you know we've had moments where we turned to the entire office and you know we didn't do this right and we going to this is how we're going to correct it and all those pieces have over time added up and i think that's really what i mean brands need to also do is just look at it from that lens and say um how if you authentically what you say you are that's all the brand building you need uh, and you know everything else kind of happens everything else can happen but as long as you are authentically that and, and think of the brands that you gravitate towards and a lot of them are you know, not 100% but say, to a large extent authentic to what they say they are no absolutely actually it's so reassuring to hear varun because even at leap we have this why we do what we do and we we kind of keep even in like daily chats with the team and our colleagues we actually keep reminding ourselves and we actually use a hashtag like this is why we do what we do so um thank you both you know for those insights for sure um i'm going to just take a little bit of a shift off the not off the topic but it's related because we're getting a few questions on this as well there's a lot of chatter and you're both founders and you've you've built personal brands and we're seeing a lot of that happen so you know members wanted to know how important is it actually for the founder to build a personal brand in order to build a brand you know for their product um and your 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 two cents on that they they i don't know if they're going to be same answers by the way yeah yeah i know they won't be this is like very very different perspectives <laughs> because we debate this a lot um personal branding is important 
So let's just answer that straight up, right? It is yeah. important because in the world that we live in today, your brand value really means a lot. And it it's a lot of equity. It can help you in the future. It helps the brand. It helps the company you're working for, helps the brands that you associate with, et cetera. Now, if the question is, uh, how do you build your personal brand? Is that is that what we're, we're, we're talking about? We, well, we wanted to, members have asked how important it is very important. for the founder. Yeah, which, which is the part you answered, but we'd love to hear how. Yeah, it's very important, but um, it, it, just like building regular brands, it has, you know, you, Varun has a podcast and so many people have asked me very often, why don't you have a podcast, right? I mean, why don't you do it? And he has the ability to do this week on week and he's so consistent and he's able to you know he has the energy the passion all of it that's how he builds his brand sure. i have a different way of building my brand and the, the what i'm trying to land at is that do not do not imitate anybody because if you try and do that you're not going to be able to be consistent because if i start a podcast today i will at the max reach six episodes not more than that uh, and he's clocking 150, right? So there's, I, th that's the difference that I'm talking about. But there are certain things that you believe in and you have been able to prove that what you believe in actually has had some form of impact in the, in the work that you're currently doing. You just pick up on that. And for me, that has always been inclusivity. It has always been, you know, this balanced and equal progressive workspace. And that's honestly what I have focused on because I've realized that more and more people need to start talking about it. And my voice, I, it's a small voice adding to a large conversation, but it still makes a difference. So when Seat at the Table was born, and that's, you know, to, who, to, the, to Komal who's asked that question. Komal, at Glitch, when we, we built you know, the most inclusive agency in the country, we've put out work that has constantly pushed boundaries and been very, very progressive. When I started Seat at the Table, or when I have an opportunity to talk about or, or I'm given a platform, my focus is always on how can I help create better work environments? How can I help create better organizations, more balance in organizations? If I have a bit of money to put on the table, then I'm going to back certain kind of founders. So again, putting your money um, you know, where your mouth is. So if you are, you know, that's what seat at the table is about, that I will only and only, um, you know, back founders, which have, a, you know, a, a diverse cap table, for example, you know, it's things like that being consistent with what um, you're truly about one, do not copy anybody because if you know, it's get inspired. Get, getting inspired and, and copying someone are completely different things, right? Get inspired and find your own tool and your own way to sort of build out um, a constant conversation. And much like advertising, it's about hammering the same thing again and again and again. And that's how brands are built. I hope that answered your question. But I'm sure Varun has uh, yeah. a very different perspective on this. Uh, actually, not a different perspective. I think it's a complimenting um, yeah yeah i think that's very good komal's going to say something uh, yeah if i may speak for like just 30 yeah, seconds yeah. 
So uh, I'm a freelancer currently and I'm a swimming coach and a sports nutritionist and I have been an international swimmer myself. So I want to portray something like I want to, you know, put it forward. I suck at uh, social media presence. I feel it's too taxing to just be out there all the time. Um, and currently, like, I don't have budgets to, you know, hire somebody to do that for me. So I just want to find a sweet spot wherein I'll be able to do that myself. But it is not, like, it is not more taxing than the actual work. So yeah. this is the perspective. Uh, so here's the thing, right? Uh, you don't have to be everything to everybody. There's need to be something to some in that sense um um like i so podcasting happened to me so i've i've become a creator i, I and i so the term personal brand is a tricky one um and puja said something he's saying don't say what somebody else has said right um so my general go-to is to anybody who says personalized don't put um uh, a thought leader in your linkedin bio don't say uh you know those usual suspects of the don't take quotes which naval ravikant has said and quote them as your own quotes on twitter right literally like basic stuff which everybody does now, way too many people in the professional space do it, but that's like, I mean, that seems to be commonplace because you will have people reach out and say, oh, I'll help you build a personal brand. Um, so, you know, like I remember early on when I just started to do the podcast, I had a couple of people reach out, suddenly creative started to look a certain way, etc. Um, but I realized that at some point you need to do what you do um, because you enjoy doing it. Um, so podcasting is something I enjoy doing. Um, I I love being a content creator, but if you ask me to shoot a vlog every day, I don't think I can. And I don't think I would be happy doing it. So uh, at some point, figure out which part of this can amplify what you want to put out there. It's like, it's like a brand that you're putting something out saying, how do I get the messaging out there? How do I connect with someone? Where are the people I want to connect with right now? Uh, what are they consuming? And of what, are they, what are they consuming? What can I do consistently without it being stressful for me to kind of take on? So. Uh, Podcasting is a lot easier for me to do uh, because it's just like I'm recording audio um, and putting it out there. I'm not worried about cameras. I'm not worried about lights. I'm not worried about editing something together. Most of, actually all my podcasts are unedited largely. So they're pretty organic in that sense. So um, try picking what you can do with the time you have. Um, don't try to do what everybody else is doing. Um, that's really been my thumb rule, right? Because um, and in that way, you're also being authentic. Like you might just be a person who shares stuff around um, around coaching, right? Um, uh, uh, around what your career has been like. What I know how how you want to how swimming is such an like like Pooja and I have a daughter who loves the water, right? Um, and and we know for a fact that what gravitates uh, us towards someone who might you know who might work with her or, or teach like us and, um, or just be someone is that it's just what they stand for what uh, what is their method of, of teaching so uh, if you can actually put down those thoughts there in whichever form uh, it doesn't have to be the finished videos you see out there doesn't even have to be a video um, you know people do it in different different ways but don't, don't let it take away focus from what you actually do. I think that's the worry. Right? The worry is that it'll take away focus on what you actually do. Send you this person making reels and putting your fingers like this and suddenly swipe, like people are swiping through your videos. Like, that's what you don't want to be, which I totally get. Like I don't think most of us want to be. So uh, that uh, I hope. Uh, but the, the whole but point... But actually missed a point, which yes. you have done a lot, which is to experiment, yes. Komal. Um, you know, keep experimenting with you know, Varun gave you one piece, right? Which is that if you're a coach and that's really what 
because you're so interesting look at what you have as your arsenal i mean if someone like you came to me for brand building i'm like okay i i have everything you got all of the fodder of the on the kind of content that you can create so pick you only have so many right you can create a video you can create you know you can make these reels you can share you you can also post browser but you can make you can write a blog you can do there the kind of mediums you have is to, still today it's limited right you can count it on your fingers say for example 10 pick one out of them and experiment and see which one works for you which one makes life easier for you which one is not stressful and doesn't give you anxiety because that's what content creation is about right like i mean uh, it gives me a lot of anxiety just just the thought of it like just the thought of being out there constantly so and what you both actually mentioned i am uh, really going through the same uh, issue the problem that i have right now if i have to okay with coaching i can do multiple things but in case of nutrition like in the field of nutrition you open your instagram and there are so many similar posts like the calorie counting and what has what what does not have what so i don't want to go into the information that is already out there so i'm just trying to figure out uh, you know what can it be that i can do which i haven't been able to yet but hopefully yeah but komal some amount of the work will have to be done okay because right. so brand building is not going to happen just like that you will have to really put down and say okay if you know the gap you saying that everyone's talking about the same kind of stuff when it comes to nutrition then how can i talk about it differently you'll have to do that work and experiment and try and see um you know if if it's getting any traction or not keep picking up stuff and for the first couple of months till the time you find your rhythm you you know it's like uh, someone who's nervous and has to constantly keep giving lectures almost like holds these you know holds their fingers tight and uh, and still goes up on stage and just gets the courage up and that's what you'll have to do for 3 months the hard work is not going away komal so don't think you're going to get any easy answers and also it's a long term thing yeah Yeah, yeah. Content. Yeah. When I say long term, I think the, the also the point is like I remember when I started my podcast, like almost going to be three years now since I started the podcast, right? Um, and my first twenty episodes, I said I'm just going to figure out if I can do this. Like, if I can, I even do this. Forget data, forget numbers. Someone's listening, not listening. Someone sharing, don't don't even look at that. So after twenty, let me just try and see. Okay, can I can I change around the guests a little bit? You know, can I try something with that? So um, I've always given myself short term goals, like. Uh, and I go in more from a content creator lens, so I don't go in from I'm building a brand for myself. I'm going saying I enjoy creating this stuff. Like I, I am I am that child running around saying this seems fun. Let me try doing it, right? Um, like uh, and, and one day I just I'm a person who's obsessed with with fitness, so I one day just randomly shot a fitness video, put a song on it, and just put it on the internet, and, and said, okay, I just put it there now, and I think I can do about it. Um, and so it seemed fun enough, so I did one more, did one more, then I kept doing it for a while. but then one day i didn't feel like doing it anymore so i stopped and that's fine as well so the whole point is keep trying stuff out have fun with it find what's fun for you amongst all of this don't do it because other people are doing it um and once you find something fun then you will not stop doing it and eventually uh, it will almost become muscle memory you will just uh, automatically do it uh, which is also going to be a problem uh, which you will face eventually yeah cool thanks guys super we were running short on time but if you guys we just have a few minutes extra are you both good with that pooja varun 
Yeah, yeah. Super. Monica, I see you have raised your hand for a while. Would you like to unmute yourself and ask? Yeah, thank you. Uh, I just had a follow-up question about what was being discussed. And I get that personal branding is important and I've been in the content space for a while. So I do get, but my question really is, you run a startup and you have your personal brand. How much of that feeds on each other and how important it is for it to feed off each other? Is it important at all? Can you continue... Uh, is it important to of it to be in sync at many times or probably it is not see i mean uh, so that is what my question in a, if i can take 30 seconds to give you background i have been a food content creator for a while i've been a food consultant and um, uh, spoken about nutritious healthy food also spoken about uh, junk uh, deserts and i was a baker at one point and now i'm uh, I'm a co-founder of a company which primarily deals with reversal of diabetes and we do it through food. So there is there is a lot of conflict also happening between my personal brand and the company's brand. So how important is for that to be in sync at all times? Okay. You I should take that, Varun, because yeah. I mean, you do that, right? Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so here's the thing that uh, you need to kind of think about what you put out there and think which of it I think the first thing to get out is what will be detrimental to uh, your business, right? I take that out of the equation first. Um, uh, and there's obviously the usual suspects of things you shouldn't talk about. It doesn't make sense to do it. It's just going to hurt the business in the long run. So um, don't go there. Uh, but beyond that, you need to find some, what I'm putting out, how can it kind of help the business? Like for an example, me doing the podcast does help us find two very crucial things for any company like us is it helps us get in talent. It helps us get in clients because they listen to the content, they watch that, so that they both kind of come towards it, and somehow that that funnel kind of grows. But it's coming through authentically because I'm not doing it for that. It's 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 almost um it's 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 a great uh, byproduct of, of the whole thing. So that's the way to look at it. Just the first thing is take away the stuff that might harm. Uh, but after that thing, what can it kind of come? What can come through and and how can you make that process as well as seamless as possible? So um, like I talk a lot about, for instance, uh, what early stage um, careers or someone who's making a shift mid-career might really want to learn about today's business world. Because I know for a fact that's a question I hear a lot from my audience on mm -hmm. one end, so I want to answer that. But I know that's also a question which I see in, in my day job. As well. I know yep. people have those questions as well. So it also helps internally, right? Internally, people in the company kind of see that. And so once again, we, we're getting this information. It is kind of, um, you know, it is adding to what we do. So it needs to add to what you do. It shouldn't take away from it. Um, and, uh, and, and and in a nutshell, that's how I would put it. I'm not sure if that answered your question, but I think that's the, the simplest yeah, somewhat, way to do it. Yeah, somewhat. I mean, I think personally, and I'll probably connect with you somewhere else separately. Yeah, is also the problem that... Uh, my uh, personal branding on sinful food, if you can say, comes yeah. a little longer duration than my association with the, the company has been. And that kind of creates a conflict yeah. somewhere. But yeah, but I broadly get. So you're saying at large, it is important. So talk about that. Talk about that association being a problem. Like, yeah. 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 So that's actually, you know, that's actually what will make it authentic to you, right? Mm -hmm. um, um, is that you're saying this is, at the more, we put, uh, I think the whole thing about putting content out there, that has been my like realization over time. If you use it as a way for you to just be able to say things about your own life and your own journey yeah. um, and not really asking for validation, yeah. but you're almost saying, what can I share with the people out there, which they can take something out of. I think really that's the lens to look at. I mean, if you take that lens into, into effect and everything else kind of adds up.
Thank you. Okay, we're going to take the last question from Pooja in the chat box. Um, Sharon, Anubhuti, I know you have your hands raised, but um, you're welcome to slide into both their DMs if you have anything to ask. Um, Pooja, would you like to unmute yourself and ask your question, which is, of course, a good wrap up to different verticals and different approaches? If Pooja is still in the audience, otherwise I'll take her question. Okay, I guess I will take the question in the interest of time. So, you know, we, through the session today, we discussed a whole bunch of tools and different verticals. So she actually wanted to know how much is having a human insight from a creative perspective important, which I think Pooja, you did earlier on say very, very important. And then she wanted to know, how do you recognize which vertical needs a basic branding and which one needs to get like the standout branding. So, you know, like Varun said, there's reels and there's this and there's that. How do you define which one deserves um, what? Um, so it's you know, very simple. Facebook is like you're hanging out with friends, Facebook, Instagram, etc. So you are, you can be casual. You don't have to be stuck up about it, but you need to be visible and you need to look really, really pretty. Right. So that's it's that I'm just going to simplify this. Yeah, that's what it is. All right. When you're on TV, when you're in print, when you're in the press, when there's PR, got to be sophisticated. Your brand needs to be out there. You spend a lot of money. You don't have time to, um, uh, you know, waste for people to figure out what is the messaging. Right. Your brand needs to be right out there. Everything equates to the kind of money you're spending, in all honesty. Um, the more people your Instagram handle wheels, people can keep coming back to it again and again. And add on TV, come and gone, it's gone, right? So you have to look at it like that. It's as it's really, really that simple. And but branding across all platforms is extremely important because otherwise you're wasting money. You're not creating content for your for your neighbor to enjoy it, right? You're creating content so that you are able to sell your product or you're able to generate brand love or there is a certain goal that you're trying to achieve. And you keep that goal in mind. If you're trying to sell product, then you talk about the product and you're not talking about the philosophy of the product. You're talking about the product. It's an offer on a great um, you know, shampoo and soap um, uh, offer. You talk only about that. You don't talk about, hey, Dove Real Beauty and, and Lux Sitarunga Sabun. You don't say that. You say, great offer and you buy it like that. It's, it's, it's the amount of time you have, the amount of money you have spent. Brand needs to always be there. The, the depth of the brand depends on really what you're trying to do at that particular moment. I've just tried summed it up really quickly. This is kind oh, of. Oh, I was just going to say that's brilliantly summed up, actually. Um, Sharon had a quick follow up saying if you could address the same question from an agency point of view, or would it be the same answer? Could you explain that question, Sharon? Sharon? Yeah, Sharon. Uh, yeah, just quickly. So when I follow the glitch, I know that y'all are not creating content very aggressively there. Uh, but Varun is creating a lot of content on his own profile as well. So I just wanted to know, I own an agency. So agency-wise, do I create more content? Because there's a team that's creating it. So I just wanted to understand the balance between personal profile versus the agency, just very quickly. We are very lazy. Yeah, really terrible. Yeah. Um, so I, I do not. I still have access to a Twitter account half yeah, the time. Yeah. I'm the person I mean, retweeting. Like in 12 years, it. somebody needs to take it on. Like 
yeah, yeah, yeah. We suck at it, Sharon. So do not look at that as a good yeah. Example. We're the worst example for that. Yeah. Um, we actually like this is a conversation we have every year. Every year, somebody says they'll take it on and they'll do it very diligently for two days. Yeah. Right. And we come back to the next year after that. Uh, but it's I, I think it's about saying what do you want to put out there. The the agencies I follow. Um, um, I feel that Instagram is many ways is either about your culture or about your work. Um, uh, but uh, I don't, I mean, some fun ones, like I know for a fact that uh, RG as an agency globally had a really, I don't know if they still do, I haven't checked that in a while, had some, they just given it to one person in the office who has been there and I, I think still continues to be there. And this one person and the handles mentioned handles the account and they're almost like a parody account. They make fun of everything RG does. So that's the character of their Twitter handle, right? So uh, no, that's the kind of, that's the fun stuff that people have done. Now, we are the worst example because we haven't done uh, any of that stuff. We've thought about but doing actually, a lot of those. I actually want to add something here is that while we didn't do that on Instagram, our focus is very clear. But our thing was that we don't have time for ourselves. We have time for our, our clients, right? That's what it is. And that's what we focused on. But we were very strategic about where we wanted to be, how we wanted to be heard and who we wanted, you know, in a way to be our voices. And we focused on PR every time we did great work, every time we, we never put our press releases. We have never entered awards. Can you imagine that? We suck at it. It's terrible. The network really hammers us for not doing this. But we focused on really putting out. Would, my daughter has just arrived from a birthday party. So there's going to be a little bit of noise. One second. Sorry, but yes, we focused on making sure that there were articles about us constantly, which our clients were putting out about the kind of work that we have done, about the kind of culture we have. On LinkedIn, we always, um, you know, it was our people who really put out stuff about our culture and how it felt like to work in an organization, um, you know, a, a like the glitch. And then we had Varun who went out and created his, you know, his own brand that sort of fed seamlessly into it. But if I had to do it right, Sharon, all over again, I would focus... Uh, a lot on my Instagram profile as well um, and we really really need to once this pandemic is over and we are see look at we I'm still pushing it forward and when we are back in office we I'm going to give this never happening an account to somebody to handle but do 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 that I got an email a week ago from someone asking me if they knew the Twitter password so I'm like I, I know it's not we suck at it. we're not a good example but work on it you must do it thank you thank you so much that uh, indeed helped a lot thank you very wise words um to end the session, thank you so much, Varun and Pooja. Um, you definitely brought the fire to this fireside chat. And we're all walking away with a lot of takeaways. I hope this was as much fun for you both as well. Oh, it was great. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you, everyone who joined in and spent your Friday evening with us. And Varun and I are... I mean, we are on Instagram and Twitter and LinkedIn. So if there are any follow-up questions, do write to us. Um, Varun is... Uh, is very good with replying to people. Uh, so so make the most of that. 24 hour turnaround time on DM yeah, replies. Yeah, write to him. Don't uh, DM the glitch though, guys, because evidently... No, they, no one no, handling no, it. Don't write the that glitch, is... you will not get any response. You, no, no, I've set up a bot where it tells you what email ID is to write into. That's yeah. what I've done. I've set Just up slide into their DMs. Profile, write that. to a corporate profile, you'll get... Uh, write to a corporate email, you'll get a response for sure. But may not be on our Instagram. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you, members. You were amazing with your questions as always. And have a lovely evening and weekend, everyone. See you. Bye, guys. Thanks Bye. so much. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Take care. Bye. Bye.
thank you so much vishwani i really needed the last bit thank you so much anytime i'm glad thank you leap club thank you, thank you. Thank you.